0: Puck comes to the right side. Half wall. Marsha so there. Opens up. He shoots.
1: Score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. to to put it on goal save thompson he sprawls and gets the rebound too this is the vegas golden knights insider show your destination for inside access with the team exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the national hockey league here's your hosts darren and ryan wallace
2: Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home
0: of the... Are you at home today, Ryan? No, sir. Oh, you sound amazing. Are you in the studio? Well, if I'm not at home... Well, you could be out in assignment.
2: Well, you'd be, you ass- be on remote.
0: You'd be on assignment if
2: we were on remote. No, I am mm. in the studio. That day, uh, yeah, you sound outstanding. Generally,
0: beautiful. I the know. subtle tones. Uh, oh, outstanding, Ryan Wallace. He's uh, recovered from being uh, just uh, blindsided by. Garrett and GC uh, yep. shouldn't re- reveal his full identity. And Who's GC? Uh, Golden Pipes uh, yesterday uh, declaring that the Boston Bruins were in jeopardy of losing their original six status. We'll get more into that as we mm. go along today. I also have a couple of questions uh, for you. Uh, last time that you downloaded a game on your phone, and I have a haircut question uh, to come your way, but uh, we are coming off a. Uh, why is he laughing? I don't know. In the background. I
3: don't it's know. Very, why he's it's laughing. very
2: vague and, and, and like not even remotely connected to hockey. At least I'm no. not seeing it. So well, I, I that's just, that's why, right? Because a hard time a understand ton where you're going. Here. That
0: I talk about that's not remotely connected <sighs> to hockey, which when you I think say, is part of the
3: the draw. With me, when you say I have a haircut question, I find yeah. that comical because you you have pretty flawless hair, so... Well, I know. The, the idea of you... Let's not stroke the ego. Well, oh, I had a dilemma hell? today. I mean, the, the guy has a great head of hair. I, could, I mean, I wish I had a head of hair like that. Uh, you have I, a dilemma?
0: I have a dilemma. Okay. And uh, and I experienced one significant dilemma today Oof. in the chair. Uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, I also have an Alec Martinez story to tell you. Huh. From the road, as they get set to play the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow, and Chapman, if Anybody is going to understand where this is going. Uh, We'll get into that in just a little bit uh, because a real cool thing happened to Alec Martinez today. But uh, coming off the loss last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, can we get right into it today? Off the hop, we'll get into our game ratings.
3: Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, Well, it's a DeLorean, right? Share with me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll tape.
0: A Pacer is a 1 out of 5. The old station wagon is a 2. Hummer is a 3. A Trans Am is 4. And the DeLorean is a 5 out of 5. A perfect game. And I don't think that is going to be the case from last night and the loss against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I must admit, I disagree with you guys plenty when it comes to evaluating contests. And last night, I was a little bit Shocked. That my assessment of the game clearly varied significantly from that of the head coach. So uh, we'll see where you guys fit into this, whether you're closer to the Darren side or the Bruce Cassidy
3: angle. Let's start with you, Chapman. Well, I don't know what your evaluation was, but my evaluation is pretty close to the coach's evaluation. They were not good. Uh, the power play was was good, obviously, and Logan Thompson had no choice but to be good because they kind of left him out to dry, but they got dominated. What did they give up? 47 shots. The 2-0 lead never really felt secure. Even I thought in that first period, Pittsburgh probably outplayed them a little bit. It just wasn't a good game. I'm going with the Griswold family roadster from <laughs> National Lampoon's vacation, but the version when they get to Wally World and it's missing hubcaps and... It flew off the ramp in the in the, uh, the 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 Grand Canyon area. So yeah, it's not good. Throw it in the trash. Uh, you, you, you go again tomorrow. It's not a good one. It's a two out of five from me. Boy, you made that sound a lot more pacerish than a wagon. Well, it was the wagon. It was the Griswold wagon. You know when he when he when when the guy he's when uh, Chevy Chase is running through the desert. And he's singing over the river and through the woods. That's about the the station wagon that it was for me.
0: So two out of five from Chris Chapman. Have you guys seen uh, the Chevy Chase Canes commercial? No. No. Oh, yeah. Reignites the whole Christmas tree moment. Oh, wow. In uh, the family vacation Christmas uh, movie. Plug it in the lights.
3: I love that scene.
0: Resurrected it. It's back. Drum roll, please. It's awesome. Uh, Check it out. I saw it the other night in a couple hockey games that I was watching, and I didn't realize he has not done anything like that in in the past. And uh, he must have got a tidy sum or a whole (laughs) bunch of chicken. But uh, it was uh, was pretty cool to see him uh, do that. Uh, What about you, Wallace? What's your evaluation from last night?
2: So it's a station wagon. Um, If we're going Chevy Chase Christmas vacation station wagons, it's when the station wagon uh, finds itself under a big rig in Christmas Vacation. That, to me, the Golden Knights were surrounded by Penguins all night long. Um, Listen, I'm giving it a 2 out of 5 because the Golden Knights scored two power play goals and Logan Thompson was really good. Outside of that, uh, there really
0: wasn't much for me there. Uh, I went 3 out of 5 with the Hummer uh, because I, I didn't think that it was terrible last night. I actually give Pittsburgh a lot more credit than seemingly everybody else does. I thought Pittsburgh played a near... A perfect game as as they could. I mean, their, were the their forecheck team, was amazing yeah. uh, last night. They were all over uh, Vegas. Didn't give them uh, just a, an ounce of opportunity to break the puck out, and there was the pressure on that side. Uh, but Vegas led for a majority of the game. Had the two nothing lead, so they started on time. Uh, thought they had some good energy. The first period was balanced. I didn't see it like Chapman. I felt it was more even, even though it was 2-0 Vegas. I thought it was more even. Second period was all Pittsburgh. Uh, Can't get away from that. And the third period, they scored first and they had an opportunity uh, to to get a point out of that. So I'm going three. couple of concerns, though. Well, I admit the power play was really good and the penalty kill was strong. What happened is the goaltender plays a huge part on both sides of last night in Pittsburgh. Logan Thompson was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Chapman recalled the shots and then the shot attempts by Pittsburgh. The shots on goal and the shot attempts were both uh, season highs against Vegas. So there was obvious pressure there, and Logan Thompson Getting Vegas to the opportunity, uh, to the point of the game where they could potentially get something out of that, was really significant. Uh, The flip side of the goaltending is he took the penalty. And there was no real reason to take the penalty. Uh, I... Think that uh, emotion played a strong part in in taking the penalty. Probably some of it was you're being outplayed. Like, come on, let's go. Come on, like let's get the puck to the other end. Let let's get on it. Uh, there's probably some of that. I think that there's also just he gets caught up in the moment. He's still mm-hmm. a young guy. Still a harnessing. That those types of uh, feelings in the midst of uh, a highly competitive game. Uh, he was probably running on tilt uh, watching Sidney Crosby dance around the net on that occasion. Uh, and the, the penalty in, in a four-on-four situation really gives the advantage to the Pittsburgh Penguins, giving them a four-on-three. That's a tough one to stop. Uh, the man he hit was also the guy that scored in Jake Gensel. Yeah. So I, I'm torn. Uh, as much as I love the play in the game, You have to give some responsibility for not winning the game also uh, to the goaltender. And uh, that's probably my heaviest dose of uh, criticism uh, of the game beyond just being hemmed in. And that's a five-man thing last night. The defensemen are getting paced. It was almost old school, guys, where they throw the puck in the corner and then they pound you. Uh-huh. And and you're you're hearing footsteps. It wasn't footsteps, but the the pressure that they were under was very significant. I mean, Ben Hutton on one goal gets caught behind the net, slips. Uh, now he's behind. Puck ends up going off him into the net. Uh, another goal. It's Sidney Crosby just doing brilliant Sidney Crosby stuff harassing Nick Haig to the point where uh, Haig doesn't know whether Sid's on the right, left, in front of him, or behind him. Uh, and, and Sid comes out and, and sets a buck, and Casper Capitan who hasn't scored since uh, 1942, uh, puts it home. And that that's mean. a player they need to get going. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big, big positive for the Pittsburgh Penguins because he's an offensive guy. Uh, but th- th- it was that type of pressure. Uh, and then you get, okay, how does everybody else help out? And uh, that's, uh, that's the part where they didn't get enough help on the other side. You can't hold up anymore, but there's different things that you can do to combat that type of pressure. And uh, that's, that's next to the Calgary game. Mm-hmm. I think there's real similarities there. Uh, in what the Vegas team faced in their own zone last night was uh, as close to being similar as any other game this year. Calgary, they were controlled last night certainly Pittsburgh uh, was the better team but I thought there was enough in the game to give it at least a three because the potential was right until the very end that they were going to be able to uh, pull a point out of it now what,
3: you oh, mentioned
2: hold on what what did you see in the third period from the Golden Knights that led you to believe they were going to be able to pull it out outside of they scored a power play goal well, early. They had lead well outside of that like once Pittsburgh Tied the game. What did you see that led you to believe the Golden Knights were going to be able to find a way to get a point out of that?
0: Thought the last three minutes they had great chances. They had, they had really good looks. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I push back.
2: I'm going to push back on the Logan Thompson thing just for a minute because I, I, I get what you're saying. He is responsible for making sure he doesn't take that penalty. He is responsible and bears some responsibility in that situation for allowing the Penguins to tie the game. That's when you need the rest of your team to kind of pick you up in that moment. Logan played a phenomenal game. And I just think the Golden Knights didn't have enough. There really wasn't dangerous, in my estimation, dangerous chances that were going to lead to that team coming back and finding another goal. Yeah, They the, just weren't.
0: The last three minutes, they had, they had chances. They had the lead uh, in the third period. So given that, uh, I, there was definitely opportunities to pull something out of that game. I'm not saying that they were like eight, Two advantage in scoring chances or anything like that, but uh, but they they had some good looks in that third period, especially in the in the final uh, seconds and right down to the final tenth of a second, which was uh, an extraordinary uh, execution uh, outside of the puck not crossing the line. They could, nobody does what they did last night, so uh, I I I didn't mind it. But the, you got you take a penalty, Ryan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's an obvious penalty. You have to wear that. And, no, I, and I agree that's, with you. People, I, people want to pick up everybody uh, for for different reasons. Like, look, and they, they listen, didn't, they didn't learning... not do it uh, because they were uh, like, you got to learn your lesson there. No, no. It... Uh, Jake Yensel's, uh, uh, uh a huge part of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was a rocket of a shot. Uh, you dodged a serious opportunity in that scramble. There was a couple of chaotic moments around the net uh, last night in in each period. Uh, you got away with one there, and going back in. And I understand why he made the play. I really do. Emotion and tilting, and it's all running through you. Uh, but. Uh, when when you're a goaltender and you get called for interference in your own crease, it has to be pretty egregious, mm. and and it was. And you got to find a way uh, to to get through that, or else you have to wear it. And just like uh, a player who takes an offensive zone penalty and it ends up in your net, you got to wear it. Then the goalie's is no different.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that there's certainly frustration from Logan Thompson. He was just getting peppered with shots all game long. He was the main reason the Golden Knights had any chance to win that game last night outside of the power play, and I can understand the frustration. To me, it's a learning experience for a young goaltender it, but who yeah, is better, still babe. growing into his game, still growing into an NHL starter. He'll probably think twice when he's in that situation again where he's trying to get back into his positioning. Uh, he's probably not going to extend the arms. He's probably not going to give a player in that spot an extra shove, and he'll probably grow from it. But my point is... Because of Logan Thompson's game, the Golden Knights were in a position to find points, find a win. That's when you want the penalty kill that was good last night to come through with one more kill. It didn't happen. You can put blame on Logan. You put, can put blame on anyone else. But that's the moment where you want somebody to go out and make a play so that your goaltender doesn't have to wear it.
0: Unfortunately, it didn't work that way. Here's the thing, though. You killed off three. You got through it Three times killing penalties and then you take a more obvious penalty and it ends up in your net, you're really rolling the dice on, on that situation. And it costs you at the very end learning experience for sure, for sure. And I'm not even throwing it uh, in the, in the, uh, in the trash can right now saying he won't do that again. He's such a fiery, emotional guy Mm -hmm. that, that, I think thrives on that type of, of body language and uh, almost endorphin-ish, then he, he might do the same thing again just because that's that's who he is. And, and I probably put it a 50-50 in that regard. You'd like to, to learn from him, but I think that the, it helps him in so many other parts of his, his game. Just last night, it cost you and uh, and ended up uh, throwing uh, a chance to, to win the game out.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's going to be bumps along the way. And I, I don't know that I want that aspect of Logan Thompson out of his game. No, I, no, I, I, I want, agree. I want that competitive fire. I want that, you know, that, that player that, you know, and, and listen, he took kind of a hit in that game. He got a stick under the mask. Like he was probably really frustrated at, at everything that was going on in front of him. He takes out his frustrations. It's going to happen, as you mentioned, it's probably going to happen again. I, it, it will be something that he deals with and battles through, but I, I want that emotion from my goalie all day long, and that's what you get with Logan. Funny,
0: my score on the game is better than your grade of the game, mm-hmm. and you're doing more sticking up for the team than I am. I'm sticking, up, am. For what, I'm sticking up for one player.
3: What's
2: going on here? I'm sticking up for one player. We're flip flopped. No, no, no. I'm sticking a weird up for way. one player. The the only thing redeeming to me last night from the Golden Knights was their power play and the play of Logan Thompson.
0: Well, that's two things.
2: The only things... Let me rephrase, because I know (laughs) you're going to... (laughs) In in about four months, you're going to write down that I said something. I've I've written down this whole thing. Oh, have you? I'm a transcribing genius. That's amazing. That is amazing. It really is. Shorthand. Um, I will tell you this. The only things, plural that I thought were good from the Golden Knights that were redeeming last night from Vegas was the power play and Logan Thompson. What about the PK? Logan Thompson's a big part of that. And if we're going to put all the blame on Logan Thompson for allowing that penalty kill goal, then I'm going to praise only him for what he did on the PK, the three previous ones.
0: How about Jack Eichel with the bubble on, going out there and scoring? I think that's awesome. Uh, because of, of just being able to adapt to situations, his face is all scrunched up yep. and swelled up. He's got stitches in multiple locations. He's wearing a bubble. hasn't worn a full worn a full shield since he was uh, a, a first year a college player, best player in the world. Uh, got that one from uh, VGK Twitter. Uh, And he was uh, the best college player in the country that year uh, with BU. And then he goes out there and shrugs it all aside and scores a goal. And uh, we're going to hear from Bruce Cassidy in hour number two, uh, his media availability from uh, the practice day in Detroit today. But he mentioned something that I thought was really accurate, was he he wasn't pleased with the net front execution and battle level Mm -hmm for the Vegas Golden Knights in their own zone. Could have done much better job, and there was, I mean, you saw Sid, you saw Jake, you saw uh, Evgeny uh, last night uh, with glorious opportunities in front of the net, not just pucks that went in, but uh, but multiple opportunities in front of Logan Thompson. Vegas has to be better in front of that box, uh, right in front of their own known own zone uh, goal, and being able to, to lock things down and be able to make clears. But he also pointed out that the Jack Eichel goal was the same thing that Pittsburgh did to Vegas last Mm -hmm. night in Mark Stone just winning a battle against three Pittsburgh Penguins. And he he out-muscled two of them nose-to-nose for the puck and got it over to Jack Eichel. So some good mixed in with the the, uh, other side where Bruce Cassidy really wants uh, a much more efficient level of execution in front of their own zone.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's really going to be the the focus mainly going into the game tomorrow night against Detroit. Like the Golden Knights have to be the better team in front of their own net, and they've got to be the better team in front of uh, the Detroit net as well. Like you've got to drive the net, you've got to do the the little things, the 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 tough things. Like Mark Stone uh, out muscling some Penguins, getting the puck to the front of the net, and then finding a way for Jack Eichel to to be that next guy that's right there, finds a loose puck, puts it home. Uh, those are the types of plays you need to see from the Golden Knights tomorrow night against Detroit.
0: Uh, I love Riley Smith scoring Uh, Shea Theodore scoring on the power play Is a big thing He doesn't score a lot of power play goals For a guy that's out there Mm -hmm. All the time uh, On the Man Advantage Flips back and forth with Alex Petrangelo But I thought that being able to find a way to get that puck in is a real good confidence booster, and the first time they scored in a number of games since that Washington contest when they put home the uh, the overtime. So that that's also got to bode well going forward. Now they they're not going to face nearly the type of physical presence in the Detroit Red Wings forwards that the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Were last night, so that should also give them uh, a, a little bit more of an opportunity to control uh, the the net front area.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think you're right there. Um, the Penguins were relentless, and and they yeah. were they were sneaky harder to play against than I kind of anticipated that they would because you know about all the skill that the penguins have, but in front of the net, they were absolutely dogged. And and you know, you got you mentioned the the play from Sidney Crosby on Nick Haig. Like that is just Sidney Crosby doing what he does. Every single night. He can beat you in, in the neutral zone with speed. He can do some dazzling things with a puck. But you get him in the corners, all of a sudden, you, the pressure is is ridiculous. And he forced a lot of turnovers and a lot of mistakes last night.
0: That's the best I've seen Sidney Crosby play in a single game Yeah, in a while. I don't watch all of their games, so I don't want anybody to say, oh, you that that's not as good. He's 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 always like that. Eight times out of ten, he's like that. This year, uh, I, I see I see uh, a different level of Sidney's uh, play, and certainly away from the puck. Now he he's producing points. We saw that again last night, but that uh, that grinding part of his game. And Darren Elliott mm-hmm. said it best last night. I've never heard this put uh, quite this way, but he called Sidney Crosby. The world's greatest grinder, and that was that was after the first period. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even uh, just a compliment off the setup uh, for Casper Kapanen, uh, which certainly leads true to that. But uh, it it that's that's shocking to me, but so accurate to me as well. I've never thought of Sidney Crosby under the headline of the world's greatest grinder. It's true, the way that he can track down pucks and mm-hmm. go to the net, and he scores so many goals uh, right in front of the net that uh, that I'm going to adopt that. And I told Elliot last night that uh, put it on the list of things that I'm going to steal from him because it's so right on point.
2: It is right on point. I spent a, a large portion of the pregame show yesterday talking about Sidney Crosby's ability, like in the corners, right. To, to hold on to pucks, to win pucks, to, to grind you down. And, and then it opens up lanes for him. It opens up opportunities for him to either feed the puck to a teammate for a really good scoring chance, or he's able with the skill to, to just bring it to the house himself. And it was on full display last night. He was to me, uh, the, the best player in that game. Sidney Crosby was unreal.
0: Yeah. Uh, captain Canada golden goal and that was 2010 where he did that he's still doing stuff like that today in the 2022 2023 season it's just mind-blowing that you can still be at that level and uh, I, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins will find a way did that change your thought on Pittsburgh Uh, whether you've added them more points and more potential to to qualify in the Eastern Conference. Because, by the way, they, they hadn't won uh, the first two games of a five-game homestand mm-hmm. before last night. Last night was the middle game, um, so they were, they were running a little hot.
2: Yeah, I I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins are a playoff team. I, I you know I I looked at and and I had them if, if memory serves me, but you know oh, my, I'll tell you I'll, my, I'll check uh, my notes. have my fact checkers uh, get mm-hmm. back to me or tweet at me at Ryan Hockey Guy on Twitter. Um, I'm fairly certain that I had Pittsburgh as as a playoff team. The team that I didn't have as a playoff team was the Washington Capitals. I, I feel like that's the team that's going to take the biggest step back. The Penguins are are still one of those teams where I'm just, uh, by I've been burned by it before. I'm not betting against Sidney Crosby, and he's having a uh, you know 110 point uh, pace point season right now. Um, he's showing no sign, no signs of slot, uh, stopping uh, of slowing down. So I think the Penguins are going to be a playoff team for sure.
0: Now I think what uh, what really had Bruce hot under the collar last night was the fact, given that Pittsburgh was so dominant, you had leads. At multiple points of the game. 2 nothing after one, and then 3-2 in the third period. Yep. That that one, not being able to find a way to get something out of the game when you're up twice inside of a, a contest, including one multiple goal lead, that uh, that really gets you going. Except that you look around the league last night, <laughs> and I don't know what was going on, but Vegas is part of a, a group of teams that had two goal leads mm-hmm. and weren't able to close it out, and it it begs the question: uh, is was Vegas just a, a victim of a league wide trend, and because we've seen leads vanish all over the place because there's so much more scoring and uh, potential for uh, offense now compared to two years ago, mm-hmm. or was that something that uh, that Vegas can certainly uh, be held accountable for?
2: Well, they could absolutely be held accountable for it because it's the second time in two games that they've all allowed a two-goal lead to kind of fall by the wayside. Like, this isn't, um, you know, a one-off situation for the Golden Knights. They had a but two it's lead. happening
0: all over the league.
2: I, I know, but, like, what happens in the Washington game has no bearing on what happened in the Golden Knights game.
0: It does when you're
2: looking at trends around the league. I'm looking at the Golden Knights, and the trend that I'm seeing with that team is that they've, they've squandered two-goal leads in two consecutive games.
0: They won one. Fortunately. Mm-hmm. Talking about losing them. Okay.
2: So it happened one time. Uh listen, I, I I think that, you know, we've talked about it already. The the goal scoring is is at a ridiculous rate right now in the yeah. NHL. Goaltenders are having a really hard time uh keeping pucks out of the back of the net. And teams are, are too good. They're too deep. There's too much talent right now where, you know, no lead is really safe, but I still put the onus on the team that has a lead to find a way, and you know what? The Golden Knights were able to find a way in the shootout thanks to silky mitts from Paul Cotter one time, and they weren't so lucky last night against the Penguins.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder just how much of it has to do with just Vegas not being able to lock it down, and I, I'm I'm right on the fence here. I'm standing up there, and I'm having trouble balancing, uh, looking over at both sides uh, of this thing. Because one side, you've got to be able to find a way. You're up two goals. But the flip side is everybody's having trouble. So it's not just a me problem. It's a we problem, which I say a lot, uh, especially with you two. It's never a me problem. Never. It's a we issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about this, we where where uh, and uh, and goals and protecting leads uh, really put uh, put you under the pressure. I mean. Some of it, uh, you got to be able to to put it away. There's Tristan Jarry made a couple of saves that uh, that kept them in the sa- same same uh, uh, vicinity of a lead. Uh, Philip Grubauer did the same thing in the Seattle game uh, against the Washington Capitals. So uh, I just uh, I found it interesting last night when we were talking about because uh, we spent a large majority of the time on our post game show discussing uh, a multi goal. Lead and then a third period advantage and, and it getting away and uh, then you get home and you start rewatching all the other games. And you go, it's the same conversations happening uh, everywhere. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. I, I got something for you. I want to get to the uh, the haircut dilemma. Okay. Uh, that I, that I went through today. Uh, another one is who's the best defenseman in the National Hockey League? This occurred to me while I was watching games after the Golden Knights. Uh, game against the Pittsburgh Penguins last night. Mm-hmm. And then I started going down a path, and as much as we want to declare somebody the best defenseman in the game, I don't think there is one. There's some really good ones, but I don't know whether there's a best defenseman in the world right now. It's And there, there may not have been one for a while. Think about that. One of the most important positions in hockey... And it's been a while since there was a de facto best defenseman in the world. Uh, We'll go down that path on the VGK Insider Show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
1: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM.
0: They all just fit together in a top section. But when I was a kid putting them together, you literally, on the fake trees, you plugged each branch in one at a time, and then eventually it filled out. So this is going to be a new experience for me.
2: Yeah, it, it should take you less than a minute to set up your tree.
0: Then what am I going to do? I already ran a lot of stuff to do because there's no hockey. Now now the Christmas tree is going to take 20 seconds. Ornaments?
3: Yeah. No, yeah.
0: no, got to let it settle.
3: What? Oh, boy. Let what settle? The, the tree the, fake, the plastic tree? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's settled? As Hold on, wait, to get wait. Let me,
0: let me ask you a question. It's tradition.
3: We uh-huh. let the tree did the, settle.
2: Did the tree
0: come with lights or no? Uh, I don't know because I haven't taken it out of the box yet.
2: <laughs> well, it's on the box.
0: I don't. I There's don't usually really a picture you. on the box. <laughs> I didn't buy it. Okay, oh, I don't know. Now, now so you, you, your have, your you haven't you bus. haven't even
2: looked at it?
0: No, I walked by it four or five times, uh-huh. but I've not looked at it yet.
2: So you have no idea, like if it's not if it's dusted with snow or anything. Clue, nothing. Okay.
0: Nope, nope, nope. I hope it doesn't have lights. I think that's lazy. I like
3: putting on the lights. Yeah, my mom's tree is well. There's the something you can already do. Already has the lights. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I gotta let it settle though, Ryan. The, oh, but the, boy. part of part of putting on the lights, Not a real is treat. the joy of putting on the lights. I do this every two years. Okay? Every two. Let's see if if yeah, every two years, every second year, because uh, I remember and then I forget. <laughs> uh, bear with me on this. I put the lights on. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. I start at the top, and I work my way down. I shouldn't do that. I should start at the bottom and go to the top. But my problem is, you know, the connector? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got it backwards. Oh, no. So then I've got to take all the lights off and put them back on and have the connector in the right place. You can guys I, ever do can, that? Can
2: I just say something? I have.
0: Um, yes. Chapman, w- you and I are, that's why you and I are buddies, Chapman. <laughs> yeah. if, if there
2: was ever a human that was custom built for lights already in the tree, it's you. Yes, but I but I enjoy the
0: moment with the children. Don't
2: yeah. Doing I, all that, I'm sure that your children would enjoy it more if they were Plus, already built into the tree and you didn't have to do that every second year. And, and there's that the there's that moment and...
0: where you plug the lights in and you wonder what's going to really work and what's not. How many lights are burnt out? And then you've got the light strings where Wait, you can so... hang hang. Um, Ornaments
3: on. You don't test the lights before you put them on the tree. You don't plug them in to make sure they're all. Hey, Chad, gosh, no. You, you would
2: think that that would gosh, be something no. you'd do. <laughs> gosh, no. Darren is Clark
0: Griswold. Oh, no, yeah, it I'm, is. Oh yeah. boy,
3: I'm, I'm I twelve swear, glasses I of eggnog in. Of them, yeah. <laughs> With your Wally World uh, glasses, yeah, 12,
0: twelve eggnogs deep. <laughs> Light eggnog though, because like, you gotta, you gotta keep the form.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially in front of the kids.
0: Hey, um, you guys know, here's something weird that I discovered today. I don't know why I just discovered this today, but I went down this path of top defenseman mm. in the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, because I, I talked to Josh Morrissey yesterday for the Chirp Podcast, mm-hmm. and it was an awesome, cool conversation. And they're starting to call him. His new nickname is Josh Norrissey. I like it. Which I took to mean they're comparing him to Chuck Norris, but apparently it involves the Norris Trophy Uh instead, so I was off the mark there. So if if Josh Morrissey is in the mix for the Norris Trophy, and we have been talking about Shea Theodore getting his game to that level for a couple of years now, uh, the year before the bubble, in fact— was when we really started cranking that up. Alex Petrangelo is a Norris-caliber defenseman, certainly with the responsibility that he carries. So I'm going okay. Morrissey, Petrangelo, Theodore. There's three, but then you've got the the big guys in a Victor Hedman and a Kale McCarr. Like who's the best defenseman? So then I decided I would look at the Norris Trophy. Uh, winners mm-hmm. and go, whoever's won the most Norris trophies. That's who I'm going to declare today on the VGK Insider Show. There's a problem there. Go back on the list of the Norris Trophy winners for the last decade. Okay. There's no repeat winners, right? No, for for a decade. That is wild. You have to go back to not not even a back-to-back winner. I'm. I'm not even throwing that out there. I'm just talking about a repeat winner. The last time there was a, a somebody won the Norris Trophy that had previously been named the best defenseman in the National Hockey League, and that was in 2015, in in Eric Carlson, mm-hmm. who had won it three years earlier. But in 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 the sign of 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 repeat winners or guys that have won it before, like PK Subban in 13. Duncan Keith in fourteen Carlson. Go on through the list. Different guy every year mm-hmm. for those ten years. Yep. So who's the best
2: defenseman? It, who's the best defenseman in the game right now? Yes. It's still Kale McCarr.
0: I don't know. I, it, it's it's Kale McCarr. I I don't know whether he's the uh, best defenseman in the game okay. right now. Here's he's one of the most. One of the most best defenseman most <laughs> electrifying defenseman in the game <laughs> but adam fox what he did 2 years ago sure yeah. was mind blowing yeah okay roman yosi uh, like on top of his game victor hedman it's a travesty that victor hedman only has one Norris Trophy. Yeah, well, in it in his pocket, not winning it. Eric this year. Carlson is back in the mix this year. He's a monster. whether he's going to be there by the end of the year. The I don't know, eye. but he's getting tons and tons of conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's a tried and true, guaranteed put him on the mantle best defenseman because we've we've been down this path with Kayla McCars saying they're going to win. A bunch of Norris trophies before they're done, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they don't. There's been ten years where we've had a different winner every year. Okay,
2: well, yeah, I, I hear you, but you know, for Kale McCarr's sake, it's it's not like he's been in the league for all ten of those years, right? Like we're talking about a guy that's ha- that's got the last four years of a sample size to work with. Yeah, my guess. And this is what I'm saying, and this is why I feel so confident. I think Kale McCarr, over the next six years, is going to be the best defenseman in the game. And we've kind of had this argument over and over and over and over and over again with Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid should have way more heart trophies than he does, but he doesn't because he's put himself in such a stratosphere that he's judged against what everyone else is doing or i'm sorry he's only judged against what he's done before and if someone has a phenomenal season above what anyone expected they would have they're automatically in the heart trophy consideration i think it's the same thing for defensemen for whatever reason we've got a player that is electric like hale mccarr that puts the puck in the back of the net and defends well like hale mccarr does and if there's going to be a defenseman like this year with josh Norrisy and i blows my mind that you thought Chuck Norris there. Um, Josh Morrissey's in the conversation. Alex Petrangelo's in the conversation. Adam Fox is in the conversation, but over the next six to seven years, I think Cale McCarr is going to win multiple Norris trophies. I just do.
0: It, it points that way. It does. All indications direct you towards coming up with that declaration. Mm-hmm. It looks obvious until you have somebody come out of nowhere, like Josh Morrissey, <laughs> or you have Adam Fox raise the level of his game, where you just cannot deny his presence, and he's in a m- big, massive media market and getting a, a lot of attention. the The McCarthing thing, yeah,
2: logically I, is there. I mean, like we we can be we can be as honest about this as possible and I will like Kale McCarr should have won the Norris trophy in 2020, 2021. Like he, he had a better season statistically than Adam Fox did.
0: Except he didn't. So when you when you talk about in the next six years is going to have a handful of Norris trophies, yeah. Makes sense. No, he Except did. for the last 10 years, did. there's been a different winner every year. And that's my, my when I, when I went down this path, was the idea Hale of McCart there's a different defenseman named the Norris Trophy winner every year for a decade. And so I'm not sure that there's a head and tails best defenseman in the National Hockey League. There's probably seven guys mm-hmm. who are really, really good. And am I gonna take Kale McCarr as the first pick in all of them? Every day of the week. But could Alex Petrangelo win the Norris Trophy this year? Yes. Could Adam Fox win the Norris Trophy win this year win the Norris trophy this year? Yes. Josh Morrissey come out of nowhere? Sounds like he's gonna be in, in the mix. Uh, I just haven't seen it this wide open for my entire lifetime. Th- think about this. Bobby Orr won eight in a row. Mm-hmm. Well, Bobby Moore won eight in a row. Nick Lidstrom won seven over the course of his career. Paul Coffey won four, I believe. Uh, Ray Bourque. the the game has been dominated by a, a period of one defenseman or two defensemen over a decade. Mm-hmm. This last decade, nothing. Yeah. Well, I, I again
2: kind of feel like the it's more a, a an indictment on the the voting for the Norris trophy than it is the actual players not because for a decade. No, it is for a decade. Cale McCarr has already had two Norris trophy seasons. Like and and I'm not even mad. That what about Hedman? Fox. What what should Hedman have, have, have won? Then probably more than he's won. Certainly right. more and than he didn't. one. But that's not on the player. That's not that's not to say that the player hasn't done the work mm. and put in cal- the the Norris caliber seasons that they've had. Victor Hedman should have more than one. Kale McCarr right now in this moment should have more than
0: one. It's Drew Downey their... should have more than one. Well, it's quite, quite honestly, uh, Eric Carlson probably shouldn't have more. Yeah, you're one.
2: absolutely right there.
0: And PK and- Subban shouldn't have a Norris Trophy win. But on a year-by-year basis, depending on who is hot at the right time or has all the the voters' ear, there's there's well, You just said it right it, it, there. There's no but but that it proves my point. It, there's no there's no best defenseman in the game. For a last decade. I so you dis- can go, I that, that person has been. the. So, who's the best defenseman for the over last the decade? Last,
2: over the last decade, it's Victor yeah. Hedman. Hands down, it's not even close. Yeah. It, but it's not Victor Hedman's fault. It's not that he hasn't established himself as the best defenseman in the game. It's that for whatever reason, every year, we talk ourselves into this guy is the Norris exactly. Trophy winner. And then it's it becomes a, an achievement award predetermined before you actually factor in the, the play on the ice. And that's wrong.
0: No, that's the I don't, issue. No, I don't agree with that last part. But uh, it's it's a fascinating discussion when you get right down to it. Because logically, there's one side of it. And then there's the facts that speak and what will be judged uh, as historically the best defenseman in the game. we got to take a break. When we continue, we'll set up our number two. You'll hear from Bruce Cassidy in Detroit talking about history and the guy named Nick Lidstrom. We'll get into that uh, in just a little bit. Plus, news and notes, one-timers uh, as we go around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
1: This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Brian Wallace.
3: Hey,
0: Chappie, how long do we have for this segment? Where we got to go?
3: I start the music in 60 seconds. All right. 50 seconds now.
0: (laughs) That was a fast 10 seconds.
2: Time is just a construct, Aaron.
0: <laughs> that is Not amazing. Real. Well, I was going to go down the uh, the best defenseman thing, uh, just add on to it, mm-hmm. because there's a there's a sequel to it. From best defenseman to best goaltender, because it's been a decade where you've had 10 different Norris Trophy winners in uh, a row. Yep, yep. Nine straight years with the Vesna. Now, we don't have time to go down that path, but it might be. It just might be even more complicated than the guys that are patrolling the blue line as far as who is the best. We we all think two Russians are the best. I think we're in in uh, uh, the same page in that with Vasilevsky and Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like nine straight years where you've had a different Vesna trophy winner in the year. And you get the outlier where guys just jump in and have a great season. Then you got the how, uh, can career I, achievement. Thing. Can I, can I and, just and, say? And Marc-Andre Fleury was amazing. And as an older guy.
2: Yeah, how many of those nine goalies had uh, led the league in wins? I don't know. Huh. Do a little I, digging. I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure eight of the nine.
0: I'm probably uh, right up there because that's a huge part of it. And right. general managers do vote on the, on the Vesna Trophy winner. I don't know how deep into the fancy stats are going. But... Again, we don't have time for it. We've got to go. Bruce Cassidy coming up uh, from Detroit uh, in conversation with Gary Lawless. Going ahead to tomorrow night's game against the Detroit Red Wings. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.